time flies when my wife and I have the opportunity to come to be with you and to study the scriptures. I'm really not sure why that is, but it uh, only seems like a couple of hours ago that we uh, started our discussion with you in our Bible study and uh, moved through the morning assembly and now uh, to come to our last assignment for today. Uh, Before I preface this reading in John chapter 12, I just wanted to publicly say again to uh, the elders here and to Doug and to all of those who have been responsible for uh, extending again another invitation to come to be with you. We sincerely appreciate it. Uh, We hope that you have been strengthened in your most holy faith, that you have fallen deeper in love with Jesus, and that it's going to be manifested in your life in the coming days, God willing. There are times when we need to go see a physician and you walk through the doors and you make your announcement and you say, I'm I'm here to see Dr. Smith or I'm here to see Dr. Jones or when you make a... um, Uh, Any kind of appointment that you need to honor, you walk in and you say, I'm here to see Miss So-and-so or Mr. So-and-so. And when people walk through those doors, or people walk through the doors at Arlington, or walk through any entranceway to the Church of Jesus, the church within the New Testament, people have a right to say, sirs, we wish to see Jesus. It's not about who preaches. It's not about who teaches. But if people walk away and Jesus is not on their lips, then the preacher has failed. Say amen when you can. We have got to get people to understand that it's, it's Jesus or nothing. We have got to get people to understand that if we do not see the one who hung on the center cross and died for you and me, While we were yet sinners, not at our best, brothers and sisters, but when we were at our worst. We have got to get not only our young people, but everybody under the sound of my voice to fall in love with that Savior. And we must make the commitment every day to live for him and to allow his love to permeate all that we are and all that we aspire to be. I'm in John chapter 12, and I would like to read uh, into your hearing one of the most fascinating sections of scripture that I've ever found. And I would just like to start my reading there at verse number 20. Now, there were some Greeks among those who were going up to uh, worship at the feast These then came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida of Galilee, and began to ask him, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip came and told Andrew, and Andrew and Philip came and told Jesus. And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. He who loves his life loses it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it to life eternal. 
If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there my servant will also be. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. It must have been an incredible sight to see all of those people going up to the Passover feast. And if you will be honest with yourself, as I have been honest with myself, everybody that was going up to the Passover feast weren't going up there to worship, y'all. Some people were going up there because they were money changers. Some people were going to the feast because they wanted to take advantage of other people. Some people were going to the Passover feast just because they didn't know where else to go. They didn't know where else to be. And then, thank God, there were some people who were going to worship. It's the same way with fortifying uh, the family. There were some people that came today because they just wanted to see who would show up. There were some people that wanted to show up today to say, well, you know, I heard all your jokes last year. What kind of jokes you got for me this year? You know. And there were some people that showed up because they wanted to get at those greens. And I did leave y'all some. Not many, but I did leave you some. But then there were some people that walked through the doors this morning to worship God in spirit and in truth. And any time a person Stands, whether it's this pulpit or anywhere else, there is one thing that should be clear to us that people are asking, and that is they want to see Jesus. They don't want a lesson in economics. They don't want a lesson in psychology. They don't want a lesson in sociology. People have the right to see Jesus in his purest, most honest, most beautiful form. And when I read, when I read this passage of scripture, I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but the scriptures are silent on whether or not their request was honored. And somebody says, well, they got in to see Jesus. That's not what the text says. The text says the Greeks went to a guy and they were hopeful that he would be able to open the door. For them to have an audience with Jesus. But the scriptures are silent. I hope and pray that they had their audience with Jesus. And to this day, I, I still don't know why Philip had to go get somebody else and go have to have a meeting to have a meeting so that the people could see Jesus. That bothers me. Y'all hear me? If somebody walks through the door at Arlington and they want to see Jesus, I don't need to be having a meeting to have a meeting. We need to make sure that people see Jesus. Amen, lights and walls. When people come in here, they need to walk away impressed with the Lord, don't they? We have more people impressed with preachers than Jesus. I know you're not responding because those potatoes have some of y'all in the seat and you just, you know, barely, no, you just barely hanging on. And how many of y'all had the ribs? I want you to raise your hand. Be honest. I really want y'all to repent. You know, I mean, I looked at them and I thought if I eat those, there will be no one o'clock sermon. I mean, it's just not going to happen. So what did I do? I gave them to my wife because I'm a, I'm a good husband. I don't know how good I am, but I, I said, girl, would you like these? You know, 
Yes. Okay. All right. Very, very difficult. These Greeks were going to the Passover feast as proselytes and outsiders. They had a respect for Jehovah God and how to connect with him. They had made a commitment to be there, the time and the money and the energy and the resources. They made a legitimate request, again, that I don't know if it was answered in Scripture. And so in light of this text, I want to put a couple of points in front of you, and then this lesson will be yours. The first point is this. Let's decide to show people Jesus in our obedience to his word and to his will. So when people walk through the doors at Delrada and visitors are sitting there and they're listening to the gospel message preached and they look around at you and they look around at your family and they look around at the members here, they will be able to look at you and say, you know what? Those people are really serious because they're under the sound of the gospel, but they obey what's in the Bible. They just don't spout out scriptures. They just don't try to impress people with what the Bible says. They try to impress people with how the Bible has changed them. In John chapter 14, at verse 15, the record says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And John chapter 15, at verse 14 says... You are my friends if you do what I command you. Here's my second observation. Let's decide to show people Jesus in our love for one another. Now, I, you know, it's been good to see all of you, but in the back of your mind, you should know that there is one person that I really came uh, to Montgomery to see this weekend. And who is that one person that I came to see? That's correct. And Zig is in the house. Where's Zig? Come here, Zig. This is my main man right here. And even though uh, God used Doug Smith to get me to come to Montgomery, this is the real reason why God let me come to Montgomery, was to meet Zig. Now, the last time I saw Zig, he was way down here. So whatever y'all are feeding him, he is growing like a wheat. So, Zig, I want you to find John chapter 13. Let's go the other way. Bam! Chapter 13. And let's look at verses 34 and 35. Zig, you got some good eyes. You see the, the little reading? The, 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 okay, read that for me. A new commandment I give unto you, one another, as I have loved you, that you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my dis, disciples, mm-hmm. if you have loved one to another. Okay, that's good. Thank you, Zig. You are my, you're still my main man. Thank you for coming up here and helping me and making me look better. Good to see you. You know, Zig is a straight-A student. Now, I know y'all know that, but I want you to know that I know it. 
If somebody says, well, you're supposed to be preaching and you got, if you have that attitude, please don't bother me today. Please don't. Because that guy, we don't know what God is going to do with him. We don't. And a couple of years ago, when I first met him, he could have just blown me off, but he just walked right up to me and said, you did a good job on your sermon. I thought, man, I like this guy. I like this guy. And we just struck it off. I mean, some kids look at me and they go, I'll never speak to that guy. Well, not, not Zig. He had mercy on me. You know, came up, spoke to me, made me, made me feel good, found me this afternoon. I said, so Zig, how you doing in school? I'm doing good. I said, Zig, what does that mean? I'm making straight A's. Okay. okay. You going to Alabama too? Of course. Of course. Of course. Thanks, Zig. God bless you. We, children mean the world to God. They should mean the world to us. And an old guy like me, you know, Zig makes, makes me feel new. Y'all hear me? He does. We need to continue to encourage all of our young people to fall in love with Jesus, fall in love with his word. We need to affirm them at every possible turn. The second point, we need to decide to show our family and friends Jesus in our love for one another. It's the only passage that I found in the New Testament where Jesus has actually given the world a prerogative. That he has actually given the world the right to sit in judgment on us with regard to how we love each other. That's why I have been under such great conviction about the Bible class from this morning. You know, we can sit here and, you know, sing, oh, how I love Jesus. And in our heart of hearts, we could be saying, but don't you sit on my row. Oh, how I love Jesus, but you ain't coming to my house. See, we can sing a lie as well as tell one. But when people come through the door and they say, sirs, we wish to see Jesus. They need to see that we are authentic, that we love each other in the building and out the building. Amen. Makes all the difference in the world. I'm down to my third point, preaching. I'm, I'm almost done. I know you're shocked. <laughs> I, I am. <laughs> I am. Uh, number three. We need to decide to show people Jesus in our commitment to live for him. And I mean live for him. I want you to turn over to Matthew chapter 6. I think I've studied this text with you previously, but I just want to hit it uh, on the way to my last point. Matthew chapter 6 is a, it's a wonderful chapter to study, but I, I just want to hone in there uh, on verse 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. I think the authorized translation says his kingdom and its righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. When I truly decide to live for Jesus... I will seek him primarily. I just won't make him first in my life in a, in a succession of things, but he will be the center of my life. 
I, I tell the, uh, the guys in, in uh, Arlington all the time that what you have to do is you have to marry a woman who has Jesus at the center of her life. If she has Jesus at the center of her life, then you've got a chance. Because if she ever puts you as the center of her life, you're going to disappoint her. Amen. You're going to upset her. You're going to forget to do something. You're going to fall off your little horsey and then it's going to be horrible. But if Jesus is at the center of her life and what she does, then you become the beneficiary. That's why I I just I keep telling you, all my wife is like the gold American Express card. I never leave home without her. She loves Jesus more than anyone on the planet. And who is the beneficiary? Moi. You're looking at it. Makes all the difference in the world. We have got to communicate this message to people that walk in our doors, to people who walk in our lives, that yes, it is about Jesus. That's why I'm here to serve you. That's why I'm here to do whatever I can while I can to help you. How can I be of service to you? And as people see that, as they watch it in our lives, they will be drawn to the Christ and they will obey the gospel of Jesus. And then my last point, we need to decide to show people Jesus in our desire and our longing to spend eternity with him in heaven. I don't hear a lot of sermons on heaven these days. Do you? I don't have a lot of conversations with people in our congregation about their thoughts about going to heaven and how they're looking forward to going to heaven. Oh, I know every once in a while we want to talk about it in the sweet by and by. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but not right now. But as people watch us and as they listen to us and we pour out our hearts They should be able to see and hear this longing and this sincere desire to want to be in heaven with Jesus. I'm turning to John chapter 14. You already know what this says, but I do want to read it into your hearing. Jesus says in John chapter 14 at verse 1, do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How do we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. And then I close this afternoon by calling your attention to 1 John chapter 3. At verse number 1. See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us that we would be called children of God and such we are. For this reason, the world does not know us, because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not appeared as yet what we will be. We know that when he appears, we will be like him, because we will see him 
just as he is. And everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. I think the time for talk is over. Uh, The time for trying to cajole people or push them or do whatever it is that we have to try to do to get people to fall in love with Jesus, I think those times are over. I, I still remember all of the old saints from the 40s and the 50s and the 60s, the ones who bore the burden of the battle in the heat of the, in the, heat of the day. And now many of them uh, continue to fall asleep in Jesus, you know, year after year after year, which means that the onus is going to be on us to continue to carry the torch forward. And yet, I'm just wondering how much time we spend thinking about heaven. How much time do we really spend thinking about the time when we will get an opportunity to tell Jesus for ourselves how much we appreciate what he's done for us. And it's, I'm so grateful that time will be no more because that's the only way that Jesus will be able to hear from all of us. And what a day that's going to be. What a time that's going to be. Because some of you are sitting here this morning, sitting here this afternoon, and you remember all of those saints who have now fallen asleep in Jesus, and they're awaiting the final consummation. And we will get to see them again. We will get to hug them again and love them again. Because they served Jesus until they left this world. And one day, one long day, the service won't end. Nobody will be telling me, well, you need to stop because we're out of time. All of that will go by the board. And on that day, God will wipe away all tears. Some of you are sitting here this afternoon and your hearts are breaking because loved ones in your family are in pain about some kind of issue, some kind of concern. But one day, God himself will, no more tears and no more pain. will be one opportunity to praise God forever. I tell our young people all the time, they tell me, I'm just so bored. Well, you better scratch heaven off your list. That's all you're going to do is praise God. Get ready. Thank you so very much for your kind attention and the time that you have uh, utilized today to honor God through the study of his word, to think seriously with me. I know many of you have written passages of scripture down, and I hope that you will take those scriptures again into your prayer closets and into the time where you are out with God alone and ask him for deeper understanding so that you and I can be the conduit to make a substantive change in this dark, dark world. And let me tell you all this in closing. I know I said that a few moments ago, but I'm really going to close after this. I know there are some people that are so worried about who's in the White House. Let me tell you all something. Don't you worry about who's in the White House. You worry about who sits on high. And you direct your attention to him.
And in the end, God will be glorified. And I don't care what people have said and how people have tried to castigate his word and how people have tried to put morality in the toilet, God will have the last word. I'm telling you that right now. He will have the last word. What we need to be doing is praying for everybody on Capitol Hill. And I don't care if you're red, blue, polka dot, or pink. If they're in Washington, you should be praying for them. Because they all need God. And if you can't get a prayer through for them, who can? They all need Jesus. Maybe God will give me five minutes with the president. That's all I want is five minutes. Sir, what are you doing? Instead of worrying about the president, I think we better be concerned about ourselves, don't you? Well, I didn't get an amen on that one. Yeah, we better be worried about ourselves and are we right with the Lord? Whatever your situation is today, I'm just telling you, I need Jesus. Y'all hear me? (laughs) I need him every hour of the day, every minute of the day. I need him in my life so that I can love my wife more. Y'all think I'm in love now, man. I'm I'm a Casanova. That's right. You can ask her. Trying to hold her hand, trying to kiss her while I'm driving. You know, you're talking about texting while driving. How about kissing while driving? I'm not, I'm not talking about really kissing. I'm just talking about a peck on the cheek, okay? You know, every two or three miles. I mean, that's acceptable. You know? Yes. I'm legit. See, I'm, I'm, I'm legit. I just really hope and trust that you and I will decide to love Jesus with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. If you're here this evening and you're not a member of the New Testament church, uh, my wife and I don't plan to leave until tomorrow morning, Lord willing. So if there's something that I've said that I need to go back to the scripture to show you why I'm saying what I'm saying, please let me know. This is too serious and I do not want to get this wrong. I'm telling you by the authority of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that Jesus promised to build only one church and he did and there are people who are part of all kinds of religious institutions and they think they're going to see God's face in peace and they're going to be surprised I'm telling you I've lost relationships in my own family because I'm going to stand on the word of God y'all hear me I'm going to stand on the word that's the bottom line well, you know, you, you hurt your sister's feeling. Well, better to hurt her feelings now than God hurt them on the last day. There will be no reprieve then, brothers and sisters. So if you haven't obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ, we would beg you to do that. We would beg you to hear his word, Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, to believe that word, Hebrews 11 and 6, to repent of your sin, Luke chapter 13 at verse 3, Acts chapter 17 at verse 30, to confess that Jesus is Lord, Romans 10, 9 and 10, and then allow your body to be buried in water for the forgiveness of your sin, Acts chapter 2 at verse 38, and then to live faithfully until death, Revelation chapter 2 at verse 10. That's when the journey begins. But you already know that this message has been for us. Many of you were praying fervently for those two precious souls who 
uh, had the elders pray for them this morning. Don't leave this building this afternoon if you want these elders to pray for your family. Or if you want them to pray that you will be the kind of spiritual dynamo that this world needs to see. That you want to put some teeth into your ministry. That you're tired of cowering behind other people and, and letting other people answer the questions because you don't know what the Bible says. Ask someone to pray with you and for you so that you'll be strengthened in your inner person. Don't just walk out the door saying, why was he so worked up? I'm worked up because people are lost. I'm worked up because many times we act as if we don't care. I'm worked up because we just have a oh, um, attitude in the church. We're a dry-eyed church in a hell-bent world. Did y'all know that? Nothing seems to phase us anymore. God forgive us. May God forgive us. Please don't let this opportunity pass by when your shepherds can take your name to the throne of God and ask for strength on your behalf. Or if there's someone in your circle of influence and sphere of influence that you're working with, that you're studying with, why don't you tell us what, what, what the name is so that all of us can pray with you and for you that God will use you to make an eternal difference in their lives. Whatever your situation is this afternoon. And Mr. Song Leader, I hope you said that we were going to sing, I've decided to follow Jesus. I don't know what number that was you called out, but it made me a little nervous. Well, I, and and since, I, since I'm not coming back, I'm just saying, you know, we need to sing, I've decided to follow Jesus. So if you want to egg my car, I'm not going to tell you where it is. But, you know, <laughs> but that, that's, that's the song we need to sing. I've decided to follow Jesus. I came here with that one. I want to go out with that one. So whatever that number is, I'm, I'm going to ask that we sing that song. And somebody says, well, yeah, but he's the song leader. Well, I'm the preacher and I'm leaving. So what are you going to do? So you got the number, sir? You did a good job this, morning, uh, this afternoon. I want you to know that. You know, look sharp in your clothes and everything, hair, hairdo. Everything, everything's good. Everything's good. What's the number? 674. That's the new number. Let's stand while we sing.